0: since we cranked up with uh, so many guest speakers at the first year, I don't start my New Year's message really until after the 21-day fast. So I crank up, and what I'm going to share today in the next, hopefully, 45, 50 minutes, I'm going to take three weeks, three or four weeks in El Dorado to do. So they will probably get the understanding. You're going to just get it thrown at you. And so that's what I'm going to throw at you. But, you know, it's, it's 2020, and I believe that going into this year, God wants you to have a whole new perspective of what it looks like and what you've been going through. And so today's message is going to be more kind of a, a prophetic declaring message over you. I truly believe, and I know 100% without a doubt, this is what God has spoken to me. I believe I'm not his favorite, although he treats me that way sometimes. Um, I believe that um, this is the word for you too. And you'll know whether in a few minutes, whether it is or not, because it will resonate in your spirit. And if it resonates in your spirit, it will feel like a a moment of excitement. You know, a lot of people don't understand when it comes to when God speaks, because there are two voices always speaking. There's fear and there's God. And, you know, there's fear and faith and fear and faith always kind of sound the same because both of them. Tell you something that hasn't happened yet, and you can't see it, but you're supposed to believe it. Fear and faith have the same elements there, but the difference between and one of the ways I've learned to determine the difference between the voice of fear and the voice they're both prophetic. They both are speaking spirits. The Bible says God didn't give a spirit of fear, but a power, of love, and sound mind. So fear is a spirit, and the Bible says that when Jesus spoke, his words were spirit and life. So if God's words are spirit and life. I'm here to tell you the spirit of fear is spirit and death. And I get a choice of which one I'm going to follow. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. That means this. I got a choice. Am I going to listen to fear and go that way? Or am I going to listen to faith and go that way? But the problem is a lot of times they feel the same. Except there's just... You ever, you ever drink Coke and Diet Coke you know, you ever? I'm I'm a Red Bull drinker, and praise God, fast is over. The, um, I've had a bottle. I mean, in my can in my mouth since I got up. The, um, but fear and faith are like Coke or Diet Coke, or to me, Red Bull and Diet Red Bull. They taste the same, they feel the same, except there's just a little aftertaste that separates the two. I don't know. If you're a diet coke drinker, I apologize. We will pray that you get saved because that stuff's not healthy. <laughs> but no, they say rebel night. No. But what what it is is, and the the aftertaste is this: faith feels just like fear, but there will be an aftertaste of excitement. Fear tastes just like feels just like faith, except there will be a aftertaste of a little bit of dread. In other words, I don't want it to come out this way, but it might. Faith is, I want it to come out this way, so I've got to believe it. And the truth is, whichever one you hold on to the hardest will determine the direction your life goes. Saying that into this situation, I'm, I'm going to declare, today's going to be a different kind of message, I'm, I'm going to declare some things. And if this is a word of God for you, you will feel the excitement. I don't know what you're facing going into this year. I don't know what you're looking at going into um, what you got left. I don't know what you're bringing out of 2019, carrying into 2020 with you. But if it has a dread to it, I'm here to tell you, that's the voice of the devil. Because God has something else in store for you. And so we're going to jump right into it. Is that cool? We're going to go fast. We're going to go hard. Um, But I believe God has something that somebody needs to get. I'm calling this the strategy of a vision because I believe what God has spoken to me this year is that 2020, or 2020 is to be the year of vision, but just not any vision, but this will be the year of manifested vision. There's a difference in seeing God's wanting to do something and seeing it and possessing it. And, you know, there are some people that know the promises of God, but they never get to actually possess what it is they see. The saddest story in the Bible to me is when Moses got to go up on the mountain and see what he would never get to walk in until later on in the New Testament when he was there. I tell you, I love the fact that if you can see it, you have the ability to be it. And this year is not just any year. This is the year of not just vision. You say, well, Craig, I've been believing for a long time. I saw it in 2017. I saw it in 2018. I saw it. To God wants to do this. I'm here to tell you. 2020, you're not just going to see it, but you're going to hold on to it too. This will be a year of the manifest of vision. But not everybody has the ability to see. As a matter of fact, in the book of Genesis, the Bible tells Abraham, he was sitting in his tent. He was griping and complaining. God, look, I I got all this. You bless me in all these ways. And now I don't have a son and I don't have anybody to leave it to. And he was pouting mountain, just running his mouth off of God. Like I pray a lot. And then what happened was all of a sudden God said, Abraham, step out of your tent, get out of your comfort zone, get out of this place you've established for yourself to where you're protected and you're saying because if you can step out he said this and look up and then he said this which is an amazing statement he said if you are able not everybody has the ability to see you know see is not sight or vision is not sight Helen Keller said this there's nothing sad that somebody has sight but no vision and so going into this year if you don't have a vision from God I believe today God will give you one. And if you will follow the steps that God clearly laid out in Scripture, it just won't be a carrot hanging in front of your cart that you seem to be chasing from God. You will actually be able to reach out this year over the next 12 months and take hope of what God has for you. Amen. I believe this will be the year you'll see kids say that you've been believing God for, for a long time. I believe this will be the year God will begin to move in your business like you've been believing God for a long time. I believe this will be the year that the church will go into places like that. But there are strategies that have to take place for this to take place. And so that's what I want to share today are some strategies to see envision come about. We're going to read real quick on really the I would say the definition in the scripture of a, of a a vision. It's kind of the, the standard vision scripture. It's in Habakkuk 2. And so we'll go to that. I'm going to mess you guys up because I, I sit back there and change my notes in all different directions. i like shuffle them around so you guys aren't going to be able to follow what I gave you. But I'll, call, I'll give you plenty of notice. All right, in Habakkuk 2, verse 1, it says, I will stand upon, I will stand upon my watch and I will set me upon the tower. I will set and I will watch to see what he will say unto me. And what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision down, make it plain upon the tablets, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall surely speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely. I love it when. God says, "Surely, this ain't this ain't just cricket." Saying, "Surely," it said, "This is what the Lord said." Surely, there's no way to take surely in an, any other way except surely. It surely will come about. You can take it to the bank. You can write a check on it. You can't keep this from happening. It don't matter how hard the devil fights you. Surely, it will come. This is a year that you will see the manifested vision of the Lord. This year, the problem with it is, is God just don't give manifestations. To visions without purpose. God's real clear in John, 1 John uh, 3.8. He said this. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest. If you're wanting to manifest a vision from God for your life this year. You must connect your vision to a purpose. For years... I have felt like the Lord in my personal life and in our ministry. And that's why even I've shifted. I, I've taken the charge in areas here in the Victory Church and Dad with Dad's approval days to, to go after things that some people just think were crazy. Still, people don't understand why I travel during the weeks like I do because they don't understand. They had not seen what I've seen. And they just think it's just me wanting to do something. It's not. I, I, the Lord told me several years ago that he was, the, I, the vision He was showing me was to connect my life, the victory church, into the areas into what we're calling legacy. I'm actually preaching a series over the next several weeks in the elder called Legacy. Because you have to connect your vision to purpose. He said, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest. If you're going to have God bring about what you know God wants to use you to do, it must be connected to a purpose. And my purpose and your purpose, it, whether you understand it or not, is to connect it to legacy. What legacy is, is you living beyond yourself. Your life being bigger than you. It's just you say, oh God, I, I see you want to bless me. Why? Why would God want to bless you? Why, why would he want to do that? Oh, so my life will get easier. Nowhere did he say your life is going to get easier. It's got to be purpose. Purpose to destroy the works of the devil. It, says, it said, He said, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil. And so what the Lord began to speak to me several years ago was here at the Victory Church, my role would be to, we have a great church. I'm so glad I belong to the greatest church I could attend to in the United States as far as I'm concerned. I'm glad we got the greatest pastors on planet Earth, pastoring and overseeing. You know, I'm glad we got the greatest deacons sitting over here, our deacon, our doghouse over here. You know, over there. We got the most amazing leaders ever. We got a great church. We got a great ministry. But God started speaking to me that God wants this ministry to be more than a great church and a great ministry. He wants to build this church to become a legacy. A legacy that when me and you that are sitting in this church, and me and you that are getting fed, and me and you that are getting blessed and growing and doing, that it outlasts us. Because you need to know something. Your life will outlast you. When you're gone, your kids are still going to be here, and your grandkids are still going to be here, and your testimony is still going to be here. When I'm done, I don't want my story to be over. I want, when I'm gone, I want people to look back and say, that only could be God. I want to leave a legacy that God has done great things because I've got daughters that need to grow up in a ministry that knows how to touch God and be moved and be led by the Holy Spirit. See, uh, years ago, God started laying on my heart. All right, it's a great church. It's a great ministry, but it's not big enough. You say it is big matter. It does. When you've got three daughters that I believe have a call of God on their life, it's not big enough if God's called one of them to be a youth pastor and they go to Bible school. And once they go to Bible school, they leave Bible school and they have to go out and try to find a church to hire them. When we were a part of a church they could build a ministry so great and so big that we need them to come back here and pastor our youth. I need to be a part of a church that if my kids move to another city and they get themselves in a place where they're not living for the Lord, that we're a part of a ministry that has reached into that city where they're living and they're working and they can be a part of the ministry that God used our lives to build. You say, Cricket, they've got churches everywhere. I'm sorry. This church is not everywhere. But I plan on and I believe God wants it to be everywhere. So that's why I travel. I mean, we got things in the work this year. Of course, we're under leadership, but yeah, I don't know if they've even told you, but we're going to crank up a Monroe campus this year. Praise God. We're cranking up a Pensacola, Florida campus this year. Praise God. We got, I mean, we see what God wants to do, but I'm here to tell you, You can want it all you want. But there has to be a strategy put into play. I I don't know where your kids are. I don't know where your family is. I don't know what's going on. But I'm here to tell you, God wants to use you to build something that will affect them into the next generation and into the next generation. So this will be a year of manifested vision for those that can connect it to a legacy that God can do once you're gone. And so we're going to move into a time that you're going to have to do some things differently than you did them last year. You know, you may have been hoping that God was going to do these things for you, that you know He won, but it's going to take more than hope this year. So we want to jump in. Are you ready? Now, I'm a story guy, and so when I preach in the Bible, I preach out of stories. And that, that basically analogy of a, a vision there, it has a lot of key components, but... I'm real simple, so I have to have God show it to me in another level. So when I, I felt like God speaking to me, He's like, like, this with you, this with be the year. So I'm like, all right, what do I do, what do I do? He starts laying it out in the storyline. So we're going to jump into the storyline of the woman with the issue of blood. Now I'm going to run all over the map on you, okay? And so um, I will tell you where they're found. They are located in Mark chapter 5. It's located in Luke chapter 8. And um, it's also found in Matthew that you can... Go back and read the stories if you want to. I'm going to combine all three accounts of the gospel best I can quickly. And the reason why I like to pull in all three perspectives is because you need to understand there's more than one way of looking at things. That's why why did God give us four gospels and it's all different people's accounts? Now this is not why the gospel is this is not how the gospel was written, but this is one of the purposes I believe this story ends up in three different gospels because this there's three different ways you can look at your story. There's three different perspectives that you can have. You can be here this morning, and see, that story is called, we call it, The Woman with the Issue of Blood. Now, that's our way of looking at it. We kind of can relate to, when we hear the woman that has an issue, well, that's me, I got an issue. But you want me to tell you the truth? All the way through the Bible, a lot of times, they're not in the King James, but when the translation started coming up, so that people could connect and remember different stories, they kind of connected the title of the stories with the negative connotation. And like the prodigal son, what a horrible name for that story. Because that's not the way it ended. As a matter of fact, it should have been the redeemed son. And some translation now started moving that way. Um, you know, like the one with the issue of blood. It should have been the woman that got healed, touched Jesus and was healed. But because we can, because you know what? There's more than one way of looking at things. A lot of times we look at our situations and we see our situations being issues. And as long as we got issues, we have an excuse not to be what God's called us to be. And so kicking in, in the um, King James, it says a woman with an issue of blood. I can promise you every single person in here today has an issue. You might have a family issue, a money issue, a health issue. You might have a temper issue. You might have a depression issue. We all got issues. I love the fact that the way the story starts off, calling it the woman with an issue, is because this. You can have issues and still get vision. You need to understand that if you've got issues this morning... It will not keep you from having vision. You think, well, God can't use me until I get all this worked out. No. If you can start seeing that God wants to use you, that other stuff will get worked out. So you need to right now decide I'm not going into 2020 without taking care of some issues, but I'm going to get a vision that he can Now, 2020 is not a, uh, it's, a, it's a doctor's terminology for the way you see, and it's not perfect vision. See, a lot of times we think 2020 is perfect vision. 2020 is not perfect vision. Actually, the definition in the layout of 2020 is not even um, perfect vision. What it makes reference to is vision at a distance. Being able to see from a distance back. I'm here to tell you, if you're going to experience the manifested vision of God in your life this year, going into this year at the very beginning of this year. You don't need to wait till June to be able to see God's wanting to do something for you. You need to be able to see right now that over the next 12 months, God's about to release something into your life if you will understand the strategies that He wants to do it with. It's a distance thing. And, you know, they, they get you back and they start having you read down uh, a certain distance and you've you got to begin, with, when you go to a diet doctor, actually have to actually start seeing those this year, which is weird to me. Because I was the only one in my family didn't have glasses. And so, I started realizing that things don't look as clear as they looked anymore. Age has this weird effect on me. And I thought I was immune to it for a long time. But it's, it didn't just get my hair. And it didn't just get my waistline. It's starting to get my vision too. And so, this year, while I was going through pilot school, one of the major things they check on is um, vision. And so, you know, I had to go through this vision test. And... I did not realize that over the years, just going through situations and circumstances has the effect to change your vision. And so where I used to have 20 vision... Now what's happened is, I got like 40-20 vision. I mean, I have to get a little bit closer and squint a little bit harder to try to see what is at the same distance I used to see before. Isn't it amazing when you first got saved, you had more issues than you've ever had in your life, but you could still see God wanted to do great things in you. But when you've lived for God a little while longer, you've been through a little bit more things, you could quit seeing that God could still do those things that you could see when you are younger in the Lord. You need to understand this is 2020. You need to be understanding God's going to give you clarity And He's going to be able to allow you to see the things that He's going to bring about for you. So if you will be willing to look up in your eyes. God told this. God told Abraham, He said this. He said, Abraham, He said, uh, you know, first thing, you need to get rid of Lot. You've got to get rid of Lot in your life. And so the Bible says when he got rid of Lot, God told Abraham to step out on the plane. He says, look up. Look to the north, south, east, and west. And everything you see, the Lord will give you. First thing you had to do is get rid of lot though. And the word lot, the name lot actually means veil or covering. And that sounds kind of cool, except there are some things in our lives that in nineteen and in eighteen that we had in our lives that was blocking the vision from God. It was covering your eyes. And he's saying this year you're going to have to be willing willing to get rid of some of those veils, some of those coverings. You to have to separate yourself. Abraham did not get the vision. From God until he separated himself from Lot. There's some of us in here today, going into this year, we're going to have to make a decision. There's some things that we were a part of last year, or the year before, the year before, but I'm not going to be a part of them this year if I'm going to see the manifested vision of the Lord. You say, well, what is manifestation? Manifestation of the vision of the Lord is when you don't just hope it's going to happen, you can actually put it in your pocket. And you can take it with you. Or you can get in it. Or you can go there and do those things. So God is wanting to release manifestations of the Spirit into your life. But you're going to have to be willing to deal with some issues. You're going to have to go into this thing dealing with the issues. But see, the same issues that were spoken about in King James, in the New King James, it calls the word a flow. It says the woman didn't have an issue of blood, she had a flow of blood. Well, the definition of flow is a current or moving toward in a certain direction, a continual stream, a continual flow, a continuing current, something moving you In a direction. See, this thing that you thought was an issue, I can tell you this. The only reason why God's allowed it to be there up to this point is He's causing, He's wanting it to become a flow in your life. He's wanting it to begin to move your life, use it to move your life in a direction. We talked this morning, uh, in the about how the Spirit of God moves. And when the Spirit of God moves, He always moves like in a flow. It's a flow. It's a current. The Holy Spirit moves in a current and in a flow. And in Ezekiel, the best description of it is, it says, I was looking at the altar of God, and out of the altar of God, out of the... Uh, altar flowed a river. It flowed out of the from the altar, out of the tabernacle, into the valley. And when it hit the valley, everything around the valley began to live and prosper. Fish began to grow and, you know, life began to come. Everywhere the waters touched, the Holy Spirit was bringing life into dead situations. The Holy Spirit's purpose was to flow and to bring... But then the Bible says the angel of the Lord came up to him and said, Step into the river. Step into the flow. And so he stepped into the flow and said, I stepped into it ankle deep. Now, you're not going to be able to... uh, live the manifest vision of the Lord ankle-deep this year. All ankle-deep does is give you goosebumps, chill bumps, make you cool off a little bit, make you feel good about what you're doing. If you're willing to stay ankle-deep in the flow of God this year, you're just going to maybe get some refreshing times, maybe get a break from some situations, but you're going to miss out on the manifest vision of the Lord. But the angel said, ankle-deep is not far enough. I need you to step on into it knee-deep. And as he stepped onto it knee-deep, he began, the water began, the current began to be a pressure or a force against you. You don't know how many times in my life the Holy Spirit would be trying to use issues to cause me to come closer to Him or get into the flow of the move that He's trying to do. But I would take a step, get cooled up, then I would go a little bit deeper... But then I like being knee deep because being knee deep means I get to be in control. I get to put my feet where I want to, but then the problem with being knee deep is the current, the flow of the spirit begins to fight and push you. And so what happens is you eventually if you only stay in the spirit knee deep, if you only stay in the flow knee deep eventually you'll begin to get tired. You'll begin to get exhausted because you're fighting against the flow. And I've seen it hundreds of times I've done it myself hundreds of times. I'll fight it long enough till I get tired and I'll need a break I'll take a step back and get back to the ankle deep and be consistent or happy there If you are ankle deep this year You need to understand If you don't make the decision To step on deeper into the flow You're going to be taking steps back Instead of steps forward Being knee deep is not enough It is the progression and the direction But it is not where you're supposed to stay And then the Bible says He take him he had him step on into it waist deep Now waist deep is cool Because, you know, waist deep, you can actually start having a little fun, really relaxing, fresh, and you can actually walk around and you know what I'm saying, but the current still has a certain amount of of direction in your life. But you still, if it starts getting a little slippery or a little worrisome for you, you can still at any point step in and take control and decide what to be a part of or not. That will not work for you this year if you're going to be in the manifested vision of the Lord. You're gonna have to do the scriptures that go in. Over your head. What over the head means is this. Be willing to go into this thing, into this year, completely out of control and allow him to... The current... When you get in over your head, the current decides where you go. You don't have a say in it. All you get to do is enjoy the ride. And that's hard to do because we like to be in control of circumstances. And we like to be in control of situations. And, but you've got to understand, there's no work in the flow. The flow does all the work. And so, the word of the Lord for some is, go deeper this year than you've ever gone before. We're going to jump into it, alright? Bible says this. The Bible says in Mark chapter 4, it says that, or Mark chapter 5, it says that a, a certain woman that suffered from a, we'll read it out of the King James, a flow of blood for 12 years, said that she had suffered for a long time and that she... Uh, had spent all of her money going to see physicians, and says, and none of them could help. As a matter of fact, she even got worse. Now, like I told you, there's three ways, there's three uh, different state, uh, three different stories, three different perspectives of seeing this. If you are looking at your situation. Through your eyes, this is what it will be like. You will notice how long you've been dealing with this. You will notice how bad you've been dealing with it. You'll be noticing that nobody's been able to help you. You'll be noticing that everybody's just taken from you. Nobody's given to you. You can tell that you're listening to you when all you see is suffering. If if all you're doing is suffering, you're looking at it through the wrong perspective. Because you will be what you see. You get what you see. If that's what you see, guess what you're going to be. And so if you're looking at it through your perspective, that's what you get. Or you can look at it through another way. You can look at it through the devil's eyes. Hey, the devil's saying you will never make it. The devil would say she was born with it, or she was. Some this is the thought pattern on this process. There, if you do the theologian research on it, some people say when she hit a certain age, this issue began. In other words, it was a genetic thing, and she was born with it. You might say, you know what? You were born this way. You'll be this way. I'm telling you, that's the way the devil speaks. I don't care what you were born. You're born again. And if you were born with this thing and you've been dealing with this thing your whole life, you need to know there is a way for this thing to change. Just like you were born dead to, dead to God. God. now you're born again. You're no longer separated and dead. In you can be born again. So if you were born with your issues, and you just decide to deal with your issues, you got to see it in another light. The devil will tell you, it'll never change. Or then there's the other theological thought pattern that when the Roman government came and took over the um, uh, area, that their soldiers began to be promiscuous with Jewish girls. And there were rampant STDs at the time. And so whether she built a relationship with a Roman soldier, or she was taken advantage of by a Roman soldier. She was the result of an STD. And now that's why unclean was beginning to be part of her thing, is because either she made a mistake or somebody abused her in the wrong way. And so the thing about it is this. The devil will tell you, you've made a mistake too bad to ever be able to see or be what God's called you to be. Or he'll say, what people have done to you is going to leave you in this shape. That's what the voice of the devil, the perspective of the devil, the vision he wants to give you. But then there's a third. And the third vision for you this year is what God says. Now, this is real important. you got to get this before we jump into this. Vision is not seen. It's heard. Because, see, we think we see with our eyes. You don't see with your eyes. You see through them. It's scientifically proven now that you don't see with your eyes. You see through your eyes. And so that's why two people can look at the same thing and see something completely different. That's how you remember a couple of years ago, the dress that came out. Is it white and gold or is it black and blue? Y'all remember that? And everybody was on the Internet saying it was the same dress, same picture, same everything. But people were seeing it different because it was not two different dresses. It was what people had going on inside of here. See, what happens is light comes in through the eye. And what's in the brain, the way the brain processes the light, lets you know what you see. And so, like when um, you look yourself in the mirror, you can see everything wrong with you, but then you come to church and somebody says, man, you're the most respectable, lovable person." because you're seeing it through different eyes. You're seeing it through what's in here and not what's out here. Because if you saw it with what's out here, everybody would see the same thing. Saying that to say this, you do not see what God says. I mean, you don't see what God shows you, You see what God says. I say, well, give me some Scripture, Cricket. All right, I'm glad you asked for that. Gives me a reason to get back in the Bible. We'll go back to Habakkuk 2. We'll go back into that, and then we'll get into this. It says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower, and I will watch to see what? What he will say. You do not see with the natural eye. You see, if you want to see it the way God sees it, by what he says. Jeremiah says this, all right? In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11, the Lord says, Jeremiah, what do you see? And he says, I see a, a branch and a broken And all that. he says, and then the Lord said to him, what do you see? And he said, I see, all right? The progression here is, he said before he saw. If you want a vision from God this year, you got to quit looking for the external to change. you got to hear for the external to change. And when you get a word from God, it changes everything. In the woman with the issue of blood, she was sick for 12 years and suffering for a long time. It had gotten worse and worse and worse in her circumstance or situation. That's what she saw. The devil said it will end this way. But then it says, and she heard Jesus. All of a sudden, she was able to see there was a hope. She was able to see there was an answer. You know, I'm here to tell you, if you're going to have a manifest vision of the Lord this year, you're going to have to hear Jesus can turn any of these situations around. Jesus has the answer. You're going to have to hear it. See, the way we're even, this is not a new concept. As a matter of fact, even in the Old Testament, Genesis 1, it said this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void and without form. Darkness covered the face of the earth, and the Spirit of the Lord moved upon it. And then God said... You need to understand, there is no such thing as sight without the presence of light. Where in a room where there is no light, you can it's impossible to see. Because the very power of sight is affected by the presence of light. And that's why before God did anything, He said, let there be light. And then they began to see things change. And I love, I love the fact that I don't have to actually get on my knees one day and Uh, the heavens open and a blanket lower down and there's angels sitting on it and they're going to show. No, all I got because I don't have that. Man, I'm not David. I'm not Bill. I'm not those guys that can see these visions and stuff. matter of fact, I, I probably only have one or two my whole life and so if I was dependent on that, I would still be living back what God had me doing then. But I can get in the Word and I can see what He said. What He said about my marriage. What He said about my money. What He said. All I got to do is hear... Jesus. If you ain't got a vision this morning, you need to hear Jesus. You say, well, cricket, I can't hear Jesus. Good, because, you know, one of the things Jesus did, one of the number one miracles he did, as a matter of fact, it was the only miracle that he did that that he was able to use to prove that he was the Messiah, was give sight to the blind. He healed more people from sight from the blind than He did raise people from the dead, than He did, um, you know, cast out demons. He actually, there are six accounts of actually bringing sight to blinded eyes. Theologians believe there were even more than that because it says He would come into a city and all would be healed. And all. So they, were, they, don't, they didn't record Him, but the, the, out of the 37 miracles that Jesus did, the one that's the most common that uh, reoccurred more was giving sight to the blind. When John the Baptist was in prison, he sent his disciples to Jesus, and they said, you know, John the Baptist wanted to know, are you the one? Did he mess up or or are you the one? And Jesus said, Go back and tell John the Baptist what you see. Blind eyes opened. If you're here this morning, you can't hear God. He's speaking. And I believe before this year rose, you will be able, if you are looking, you will hear. Let's jump real fast. We're going to speed up. All right? Now, the anatomy of a vision is number one, you've got to be able to hear God. You say, Well, cricket, how do I hear God? Well, you don't hear God running. Life, 90 miles an hour. Which I'm very... That's where I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with my life being very fast. To, to hear God, I've learned, it takes this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. He leadeth me beside still waters. If you're so busy, you don't got time to sit down and hear God, you're never going to see God what God has for you. And you will never become what God has for you. This year, going into 2020, if spending quiet time with the Lord is not a priority for you, you will miss the strategy that God has for you this year to possess. It will take it. Here in Habakkuk, it said this. It says, I will. First, got to hear. And if I was to seek the Lord, that it may be fine. If you try to hear God, God will... You say, well, Cricket, I've tried my whole life. Keep trying. You know, because anyone that ever sought the Lord heard Him. They saw Him. As a matter of fact, you know, well, I'll get off on a ghost trail on that one. Let's get back on Him. Number one, you got to hear God. You got to see what God's saying. Number two, you got to make some determinations. Going back into the Habakkuk, I'm going to jump back and forth on both. But Habakkuk, this is what He said: "I will." the very start-off of this Scripture, the two words are the most powerful words in all the rest. Because a lot of times, the enemy will convince us that those two words aren't the ones that make the difference. He will convince you that it's okay to say, I might, I want to, I can if I get a chance, or I will if, add a third one to it. To see the manifested vision of the Lord this year, your spirit's going to have to stand up inside of you and make a declaration. I will. It's going to have to be some resolve in you that says, I will not do what I did last year. I will not be what I was last year. I will not continue to do what I've always done last year. I will make this year the manifest vision of the Lord. I will be everywhere that I know the voice of God is speaking. I will get up and spend time with the Lord in the morning. I will move into the point of obedience, even in my finances and health. I will move. You've got to make some resolve. Because it's just not going to happen on its own, you have to resolve some things that I will do what it takes to get a vision from the Lord this year. I'm not going to wait for a prophet to come back in next year and try to speak to me and give me something that maybe happen won't happen. If you don't decide right now, going into this year, I will be what God's called me to be, you won't. You have to make some resolves. I will. Make church a priority. I will get up in the morning and spend time with the Lord. I will get a prayer life. I will stand upon my watch, is what he said. You want a vision from God? Stand on your watch. Start looking for where God is, what God's doing. And he will speak to you and you will see. Number two, your position matters. Now, let's go back and do this for the woman with the issue. All right, she had all those things wrong with her. Instead of letting them keep her where she was, when she heard Jesus, she allowed her issues to become a flow, and she allowed them to drive her and direct her toward God. Your issues can hold you back, or your issues can push you too. If you allow your issues to hold you back, it's only a matter of time before your issues push you too because things will get so bad for you that you, God loves you so much He will allow circumstances to push you to your knees to where you eventually have to look up. And so you have to decide, I'm going to look up. I'm going I'm to look for what God has for me. Number two, she said this, so, so she could have decided, she had every excuse in the world to stay home that morning. Do you understand that? She had every excuse. She was sick for 12 years. She was broke, couldn't get a taxi. So she was going to have to walk this way. She, she was in a mess. Nobody was going to help her. Everybody thought she was unclean. If you're looking for an excuse to be what you were last year, you'll find 500. But see, she made the decision, I will not be what I've always been. I will not be what has happened to me. I will not be the way I was born. I will not be what maybe mistakes I've made. I will get on my watch. Then it said this. She said, she said that if I can't, she said she heard that he was coming by. So then she realized that not only will it take determination to quit being where I'm at, she realized that the next step would be, my position matters. See, in Habakkuk it says this, I will stand upon, the, upon my watch. I will. Secondly, it says, I will set me upon the tower. For you to manifest the vision of the Lord in your life this year, your position is going to have to change. If you're living low, you're going to have to move up high. If you're living in the back, you're going to have to move up. To, people don't understand that positioning does matter. I, I, I watch it all the time. I've been doing it now long enough. I, watch, I even have to watch it in myself. My position where I sit in a sanctuary during a church service matters, position matters greatly. And so she was smart enough to understand. She was able to, she heard Jesus, so she got a vision that I don't have to be like this anymore. I've got an answer. This situation can change. So she got up and she moved positions. She knew that to receive her manifestation vision, what she knew what God could do, it was not going to happen sitting on her bed, sitting in her house. She was going to have to reposition herself so close to Jesus that she could touch Him distance matters. I don't know how close you've been to the Lord in the last year, but if you want to see the manifested vision of the Lord in your life this year, positioning yourself closer to Jesus than you have ever been will be a determining factor in your life. You say, well, Cricket, I I think God can meet me anywhere. I understand that. I understand that. I got some good friends. I got some good friends I don't talk to no more because I had some friends that I used to um, talk to and the only time I ever talked to them is when I called them only time I ever saw him is when I went and saw him. But I decided that my time was worth more than that to certain people. So then I began to shift my party. And so there I got some good friends. I just don't talk to them or see them anymore. You, you say, well, I, I think God can meet me at my house. I hope God ain't like me. Because if the only time you get in the presence of God is if he's got to come find you. Instead of you getting up and coming where you know He's going to be in the morning in your prayer time, in the Word while you're reading, in prayer and light, in church and church services, if you don't reposition yourself and you're waiting God to show up in your house to fix and meet your needs and cause vision to release in your life, you're going to miss it this year. This is 2020. There's some responsibilities for you bringing about the vision of God in your life. And one of them is you got to reposition yourself. Where you're standing right now is not close enough. Where you're sitting right now is not close enough. How well you know the Lord is not close enough or near enough you got to get as close to God as you possibly can because if you can get close enough to touch God by just simply reaching out your hand you're in a position for manifested vision to be released into your life she didn't say if I can just get to the city where he's at she said if I can get close enough to touch but the hem of his garment she understood that where Jesus was and where she was mattered and if she was going to be able to move into the vision that God had for her, she realized that I'm going to have to get to where Jesus is now, let me let me say it like this. See, that was not an easy task. That wasn't, wasn't something easy to do. She heard that Jesus was passing by. Now, you need to understand something, Not every moment is the same. If she would have stayed in bed that day, I don't know if Jesus would have even come back down that same road. I can tell you this. There'll never be another today. There'll never be another tomorrow. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad because every day was created for a purpose. And for the purpose of the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Your positioning on how close you are to Jesus will determine whether His purpose can be released into your life. Whether you can manifest the vision that you know that God wants to give you. And so she didn't want to stay in bed. She had to to get up. Now check this out. She was sick for 12 years. She had spent all of her money and she felt worse than she'd ever felt. Because the translation says there, it says that, they, the physicians did it. And one, one, uh, in the book of Luke it says, and she suffered. She'd spent all her money with the, um, with the um, physicians, and she suffered greatly from the physicians. You know, I don't know what you've been trying to get your hands on or who you think you could get close enough to or anything. I'm about to tell you this anybody that you thought could release your miracle, your vision, or your, your purpose in life, but Jesus has left you suffering. And so, It says she suffered. She got up. She was suffering. She didn't feel good. And this is the the part that gets you, all right? Because you got a weak lady that's been sick for a long time. And just the condition of it, she felt horrible. And we know she felt horrible because it says in the story, when she touched him, she felt healing come. So there were feelings connected into this thing. A lot of times we read scriptures and we don't realize that these people felt just like, well, you may not have felt like coming here this morning. I'm so glad you got up and pushed your way through. But I'm here to tell you, you may not feel like being here next week. Are you going to get up and push yourself through? This will be the year, the manifested vision of the Lord. Are you going to press through? But this is what it was. It wasn't a casual thing. She didn't let it just be something simple because you got a sick lady that's been sick for 12 years that had been weak, suffering, didn't feel good, chasing a 30-year-old man that was in a hurry to get somewhere. And what's amazing to me is, in his 30s, He was trying to go save a little girl's life. So I don't figure Jesus was just him hauling around. He was on a mission, going somewhere, doing something. But the enemy tries to constantly convince us, well, if I was really important to God, he'll come to my house and meet me where I'm at. Well, if that's your condition, you're going to miss this year. There's a strategy to having the manifestation of the vision. You're going to have to get up You're going to have to go for it, and you're not going to be able to do it casually. You're going to have to decide, all right, there's a 30-year-old man walking at a brisk pace. I'm a woman that maybe has some major issues for a long time, and I'm weak, and I'm tired. She had to walk twice as fast as he did to catch up. And Jesus didn't stop and give up any, it didn't say. It says, as he was walking down the road. See, we, a lot of times, we'll take a step toward the Lord. And if he don't turn around and come back and meet us right here, we're done. I tried it. He didn't help me out. You're going to have to make some resolves. You have to put some effort into what you're doing this year. You have to put some effort into getting closer to the Lord than you've ever been before. You have to put some effort into catching him. Because every time Jesus took a step, she would have to take two. Every time she took a step, she, Jesus was getting farther and farther. At some point in the journey, she said, I'm going to have to pick up the pace if I'm going to get what God has for me in my future. This year, if you want something from God in your future, you're going to have to pick up the pace Your praise is going to have to go higher Your word is going to have to go higher Your prayer is going to have to go higher You're going to have to get a little bit crazier A little bit more fanatic. You're just talking about hyper faith If there's anything in my life I want hyper it's better be my faith Because there's other things in my life That the enemy tries to make hyper And they don't cause me nothing but destruction But if I can get some hyper faith If I can get up and get excited about the presence of the Lord If I can get up and decide that today God has something for me, then I don't have a problem at all. See, sometimes you got to talk yourself into it. David said this, he encouraged himself. The woman here in this story, she didn't just hear Jesus come by, she said this, it said, and she said to herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment. Somebody, sometimes, we're not going to mail you a card inviting you to a big enough service that you're going to be at. You're going to have to just get up and decide, I'm going to church today. It's going to be regular old Sunday, but I'm going to regular old church today because I don't serve a regular old God. You're going to have to get up sometimes and read the Bible, even if your, your Bible plan this year says you've got to read limitations today. That's tough. But there's going to take some effort. If you will put in the effort, See, it sounds unfair. Sounds unfair. Every time Jesus, I mean, she took a step, Jesus took one. That sounds unfair. But see, if you don't want it bad enough to be willing to... And see, there were a lot of reasons, excuses, people in her way. The Bible says she had to press through the crowd. She had to decide that... It, I mean, not even get to the legal aspects of it, but she had to decide she didn't care what nobody thought. She'd give them an elbow if it came to touching Jesus. She didn't care. She wasn't going to let anybody keep her. I don't care. You've got to get to the point. I don't care what anybody in this place thinks about me. I don't care if I look stupid sitting up front. I don't care if people are going to walk out of here talking about me. That person done something bad. They had to go to the altar today. I don't care what they say. Because if you want what God has for you this year, you're going to have to be willing to pick the pace up, press past what other people are standing in your way, and understand that He can be touched. See, a lot of times we think that the Lord can't be caught, because in times past we would try to do make a step out, and I mean I got to be honest with you. Me and Jennifer have gotten more fights in the last 21 days than we have in the last three months. We were fat. We were doing spiritual things. We were trying to be godly people. We were seeking the Lord. But I'm here to tell you, even though it was tough, even though I didn't feel spiritual, we wasn't going to give up because I know God has things for me this year that I cannot accomplish unless I get my hand on what God's wanting to do. And so I'm going to pick up the pace. I'm going to reach out farther. I've just resolved, resolved in me. I'm not going to be what I was last year. I'm going to get out of where I've been. I'm going to get where Jesus is at and I'm going to touch him no matter what it takes and I know this the Bible says if I will seek the Lord I will find him he's not that good at one thing Jesus is not good at he don't play hide and seek very well See, he he says, hey, I, if there's any game, I wouldn't want to play walk on water with Jesus. I wouldn't want to play cards with Jesus. But hide and seek, I want to play that with him. Because he told me in the Bible, he's not good at that one at all. If I'll just get up and I'll start looking, I will find him. If you'll just get up and you'll start looking for God. If you'll get up in the morning and you'll just start seeking the Lord. If you'll just get in here on Sunday morning and say, it's not another church service. God, the presence of God is in this place. I may not see it right now. I may not feel it right now. But he's setting he's here, so I'm going to find him. If I have to get down there and look under that altar ledge to see if he's under there, I'm going to the altar. If I have to get up and look at the ceiling, see if he's hiding up in there, I'm going to look up at the ceiling. He's not going to stay hidden from me long, because if I seek him, it says, surely I will find him. And i got to be honest with you, not every year is the same. This year is different. This is an appointed year of the Lord. You can miss God. Now, when I read about people when they miss God, the ones I, I don't understand is the 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 500 that heard Him saw Him ascend, and only 120 went. I don't get that. Did they think that they could get it later? Did they not value enough? Did they not make it important? Did it cost too much? Was it too far to go? Was it you know? Did they not like the people they were going to have to sit with or hang out in the room with? Well, why? Why? But they missed it. I'm gonna be honest with you. They missed it. And they miss being a part of changing the world. Like the hundred and twenty that got it that day did. You can miss the Lord. He said this when he was when the lady broke the things on her feet. He said this. Don't don't criticize her. She's doing it while she can. I want to be honest with you. And every mom's the same. You will not get twenty twenty again. This is a year that God will manifest vision and you will live the next decade on it. Or you can casually go after it. And hope that a revival will break out and eventually somebody will come to your house and pray for you and you will get what they got while they were there. You're going to have to determine that if He's there, I'm catching Him. And ain't nothing going to keep me from it. And then she said to herself, she said to herself, she said to herself, and see, if you're not able to say what God is saying to you, you will never have it. Because although the Holy Spirit flows, and Jesus said that my, my words are life and spirit, they're spirit and life, your words are too. And you're going to have to understand that. See, it says she, she didn't think to herself. She didn't hope to herself. She didn't, said they had to, it had to be an outward expression of what God was going to do. Some of us need to start declaring, my kids are going to serve the Lord this year. You say, "Well, cricket. What if they don't? They won't. They won't. If you can't declare it, this is. If you want to go real geeky with you, it's the year eighteen eighty fifty eight or eighty fifty seven in the in the Jewish calendar, and in the Jewish language, what it is is they do the alphameric, but they also do the generic stuff. And each picture, each each letter or number is a picture that you can interpret what that year is. And this is the year of the pie." which actually is a mouth, a man with his mouth held open. What you declare, you'll get. What you're saying, you're going to have. Because what you say, I'm not a name it, claim it guy. What I'm is, if God said it, you see it, you speak it, you possess it. That's the way faith works. And so some of us need to start moving to a place where... They start saying, I'm closer to the Lord than I've ever been in my life. I'm closer to the Lord than I've ever been in my life. I'm closer to the Lord. If I can but touch the hem of His garment. If I, You say, well, Cricket, I don't feel very spiritual. It don't matter. Are you speaking spiritual? Because you know how you become spiritual? You do what spiritual people do. If you want to be spiritual, do what spiritual people do. If you want to be worldly, do what worldly people do. So if you'll start speaking what spiritual people speak, you will be what spiritual people are. Because the word of your mouth sets the direction of your life. And she said, but if I can but touch the hem of His garment. I will be healed. I am blessed this year. I am financially positioned to be able to fund church plants this year. We're starting a church in Monroe this year. We're beginning the process of launching one in Pensacola this year. Now, I could wait on the Lord to do it, but I'm going to be honest with you, He'll use somebody else. Jesus was on his way to heal a little girl. And if she wouldn't have decided she's getting it too, somebody else would have got her healing. It's going to take it. And this is the last one I'm done. Then we're going to pray. This year, oh, let's go. You say, well, she said, where's it at in the terminology of Habakkuk? He says, write it down. And then he says, connect it to purpose. Connect it into Legacy. Because he said what you do this year, the vision you write down, the vision that you make a plan to be able to walk out little step by little step if it's just starting to make a greater commitment to church, greater prayer life, greater word life, greater tithe life, greater whatever life, healthy living life, whatever, whatever commitment step you make, the Bible says write it down. i got to be honest with you. And you, I'm preaching. You You can disagree if you want to. Like with my little girls, I have not sat down and wrote out the vision I see for them. But there's not a day that don't go by I don't tell them. God has big plans for you, little girl. God has, because see, that's what He said. Make it plain. Not so that you can possess it. But it says so that others can be affected by it. See, if you will get a vision from God, see what He says and understand it's not for you. See, this lady could not bear children before this miracle. I, I, and I, I just, most, and I don't know every woman in the world, but I know a lot. And almost every lady I know has a desire to bear children. Matter of fact, I pray with several weekly right now that seem to be bearing. I read in the Bible all the way. And so what I'm saying is, I can't, you can't convince me that this lady did not have a desire to have a child but her condition or issues kept it from coming about. I believe one of the whole purposes she was willing to get up and run down that road was so that she could get her healing so that she could have a child and she could bear a future. I believe she connected it to purpose. Does it say that? No. But I I, I know that God put it in women's hearts to have children and do that. And so... What I see here is she connected it to purpose. She needed her healing to affect another generation. Habakkuk said this write it down so that others can run with it. Back to for the purpose of the Son of God was manifest. You've got to understand that your blessing, your vision, your promise, your destiny is bigger than you, it has to be connected to others. And I don't know in your ministry, in your life, if it's the others in this city that are addicted to drugs. I don't know if it's the others in your family that aren't close to the Lord. I don't know if it's the others that you see that aren't saved and are out there, you know, just searching for answers. I don't know if it's for the others that are suffering from depression that you're suffering with today. And when you get your healing, you can carry it back and change them. I don't know. But if you don't connect your vision with purpose, you won't be willing to press through. To get as close to God as you do. To be able to receive it. God says write it down so that others. And then this is the third thing. It's going to take a little time. And oh, that's not the cool part. It's going to take a little time. That's why I'm declaring it right now in January of 2020. That we got 12 months here. For this thing to begin to produce manifestation into our lives you need to get a vision now. You need to know why you need that vision right now. Because there in Habakkuk says, though it tarry, you don't have to worry. Because He said it, and surely it will come. And so what you're going to have to decide is, one week ain't enough, two weeks ain't enough. we got 12 months this year. But I can promise you this. If you will get a vision, you'll connect it to purpose you begin to get an I will. You will, in that I will, you will determine to position yourself closer to Jesus than you've ever been. You will decide, I don't care what anybody or anything tries to keep me from getting there, I'm going to touch Him. Because when I touch Him, power will flow. See, it's not in your effort or my effort. You need to understand, it's not in effort. But you can't get it without effort. Faith without works is dead. You can't be good enough, but you can touch Jesus. Jesus. And see, when she reached out and touched him, the Bible said Jesus wasn't even concerned about her at the moment, did not even really know she was there. He had the power to heal and she stole it. This may not be your year. But I can tell you this if you want it bad enough, even if God says, I'm planning this thing five years down the road, I'm planning I got an appointment sign up with your kid. Five years from now, they're going to meet a youth pastor and that youth pastor is going to lead them to the Lord. If that's the case, it's still up to you if you want it this year. You can get close enough to God and touch Him right now that if there is a predetermined thing in the future, you can move the time date up. You say, well, prove it. Jesus said, Mary, Mom, don't you know it's not my time? But the water still turned to wine because Mary said... Whatever he says, do. I'm here to tell you, this may not be your year. I'm not trying to motivate you or pump you up. What I'm telling you is this. It's not your year if you don't want it to be. You're as close to God as you want to be. It's all determined against the steps you're willing to take, the effort you're willing to put in, the words you're willing to say, how far you're willing to reach, how far you're willing to go this year. This year can change everything in your life. You just got to see it the way God says it. So I'm done. If it don't come today, tomorrow may be your day. If it don't come tomorrow, the next day, I can tell you this. You've got till December 31st, 2020. And if you will do everything you can do, you will possess the promises of God, the visions that you see. And this is just not going to be another year. So I want to pray for those, though. I want to pray for those because I still believe Jesus is in the business of opening blind eyes. You may be going through something so difficult, you can't see that He's the answer because the issue you're dealing with is so bad. If, if you're, you're truly... Because, see, the Bible told Abraham, step out of your tent, look up, and if you are able... There's some that may not may have come in here today and you're just not able. You've been through too much. You're dealing with too much. I'm here to tell you, He will open your eyes today. He is in the blind eye opening business. He will give you a vision of of how it can completely change in the next 12 months of your life. And your life will not resemble anything that it looks like now. But it's going to take you saying, God, I'm willing to reach out to you no matter what. If you're here today and you're, maybe you're dealing with depression, you can't see out of the hole that the enemy's tried to put you in. Maybe you've lost sight in your marriage and you can't see how God could ever change him. You may be here today and your finances are such a wreck, you can't see how you'll ever get out of debt. Can I give you a testimony? Me and Jennifer are are 100% debt-free other than our house payment, and I was $80,000 in debt just a few months ago. How did it happen? It's not on my W-2. But if we decided that if we could believe God for it, we will do what it takes, it'll happen. And so this is what I want to put before you this year or today. If you need your eyes open, if you have no vision how God can change your situation or how God can use the issues that you're in, I want you to stand up and come up here. Because we're just going to pray. I I mean, we won't take long. I'll let you go in just a second. If you need a fresh vision from the Lord for what He wants for your life this year, come up here real quick. And we're just going to pray. And guys, I want to give something in your hand that they're not magic or nothing. But um, when you go home, you can put them in your counter and realize that 2020... Is going to be a year that I'm going to see things different. I'm going to live things different. And I'm going to be something different than I've ever been before. So the usher's about to give you these. But I want to pray a prayer with you. And my prayers aren't any more special. But Elijah had a servant that when he looked out the tent, all he could see was everything the enemy had against him. And this is what the Bible says Elijah never got up and went and looked, he just said, Lord, open. Their eyes. Lord, open his eyes. And the Bible says the servant went back and looked and he saw the host of angels all around. And there were more that were for him than that was against him. You just asking God to open my eyes, you're going to feel hope. And this is the way it works. The Bible says there are three things that remain. Faith, hope, love. This is the way it works because I've done this so many times in my own life. I'll ask God to show me. And what what God's vision looks like first starts looking like hope. You're going to walk out of here today with hope. Now, if you just keep it hope, you walk out hoping this thing's going to change. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so if you just walk out of here hoping that today was a special day and something happened magically and you don't determine that it was, you'll you'll come back in a month from now in service and you'll be like, that didn't work. Lord, you can, when you feel that hope come in that my marriage can change, my money can change, my health can, you grab and say, all right, I see it, God. Now I'm going to take it and go to faith. What faith is, is you start putting action to hope. You make a decision of something you're going to do different that is connected to what that feeling you just had got. And then this is what the Bible says. The Bible says there's faith, hope. When you grab onto you go from hope to faith, then it becomes God's part. See, she said, she said, had hope. She said, I heard Jesus coming by. Then she said, if I can but touch the hem of God, she put an action to it. And the Bible said, when she touched him, Power came out of him into her. And he said, whoa, somebody just touched me. Wasn't even his plan. But because of her effort, according to what she knew God could do, power was released. And this is what God said. Everybody knew that was the power of God. He even said, my power flowed out. But he turned around and said, no, see, you got it wrong. My power was available for you the whole time. It was when you put action to your effort, to the hope that you knew could change. It wasn't my power. It was your faith that did it. By you coming forward this morning, you're saying, I'm putting everything I can put into this thing. God, I, I hope that my family, and my, I hope my, you grab a hold to this and you walk out of here and you find something in the word. You hear what he said about this situation and you start just doing that one thing. And every step gets you closer and you will encounter him in the next 12 months. Close enough you can touch him And the power will be released in this situation. Amen. Father, God, I ask you right now to open every blind eye in this room. God, I ask you right now to begin to speak visions right now in this room. God, right now, I begin to pray. I say, Lord open their eyes. And right now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to begin to give them pictures of what they will look like 12 months from now. What they will be doing 12 months from now. What you have done in their lives, in their marriage, in their finances 12 months from now. Father God, I ask you to release your vision into each and every one of them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And now, Lord, I ask you, give each one the resolve to grab hold of this thing and determine when I walk out of this room, I will never be the same. I will do what it will take to be what God is showing me right now in the mighty name of Jesus now put your hand over on the one beside you and say open their eyes 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 in the name of Jesus. Open their eyes, open their eyes right now. Show them what your picture for them looks like. Open their eyes, Lord. Put hope into them right now, Father. I put hope into them right now. Let them see He can change. Let them see it can change. Let them see healing can come. Let them see, Father, that I release Your Spirit right now into each one of their situations in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen.